0: Sign up at swanprivate.com today, mention breed love to your advisor, and get $100 in free Bitcoin when you make your first buy. Bruce Fenton, welcome to the What Is Money show. Thanks a lot for having me. Great to see you. It's great to have you here. Uh, I think the last time I saw you was at the Bitcoin conference in Miami. Yeah, that's um, right. Which was before... You announced that you're going to be running for
1: Senate? I think it was the day. I think I announced like two days before because I wanted to, I didn't, I I knew I was going to run and I didn't want to go down to Miami and not like I wanted to say it, but I I also didn't want to announce down there because I'm running in New Hampshire. I didn't think Mm. that would be received well. So it was tricky. So I kind of rushed to announce so that I could mention it on the stage while I was down there.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Uh, well, by way of quick introduction for my audience, you are the CEO of Chainstone Labs. Uh, you're also a longtime Bitcoiner and as we just said, recently announced running for the US Senate in the state of New Hampshire. Um, man, it's it's crazy to be having a conversation like this because I think even five years ago, this was, would have sounded absurd, right to have a Bitcoiner running for <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know it really is and it's it's absurd on a couple levels one that i'm a bitcoiner but also me personally i mean I, I i mean five years ago it would have been a very different race i think I, and and especially kind of pre-bitcoin you know i'm i'm known for bitcoin and my position in bitcoin and being known that's helped this race a lot that that's what got them to notice me right when i announced it was news mm. it was news in our community picked up on social media it became a real thing just you know, partly because of this community, so it's sort of doubly ironic and kind of funny, and I think it's great. I hope I hope there's a lot more bitcoiners that run for office,
0: yeah, me too. I think you know that's one of the advantages of being in the u s is we kind of have the these vestiges of decentralized governance still. so it at least gives us a pathway for for bitcoiners to infiltrate the state infrastructure and hopefully start to restore uh, some semblance of freedom and traditional values that this country was built on. So really excited about that. And I've, I've noticed in a lot of your media appearances, you're not pulling any punches. Um, one that, one that I really enjoyed recently was, I think you were asked about what government agencies you would cut or you would like to see cut. And you introduced this answer that was somewhat unexpected, but but very poignant that you think we should cut BlackRock <laughs> as a government agency. Um, so I would love to just hear your actual I'd actually like to hear your answer to that. Like what government agencies do you think we could cut? Uh, and then maybe you could expand a little bit a little bit on BlackRock itself.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could cut. All of them pretty much, and and a lot of them we could cut entirely down to zero, and I do I don't pull punches because I think the Overton window has shifted so much. We have people apologizing for things that everybody knows is bad, you know, like the SEC everybody's like everybody knows AML kyc is bad I, I was at a conference one time, it was one of these more statey type conferences like a like a fintech new york kind of thing and and i I said i ought to get we ought to get rid of aMLkyc laws and they They looked at me like I was crazy, you know, but nobody's really arguing that these things are good. You know, most of these agencies that we have, all these government bureaucracies, they're not really good. And we all kind of know that, but it's this big administrative state and system that keeps them propped up. So, you know, I I think it's good to, you know, kind of mix things up a little bit, speak frankly. I mean, it sounds radical to a lot of people, but it sounded more radical 15 years ago. You know, I was saying a lot of the same things about war and government expansion and these kind of things. It's a little more popular now. But yeah, I'd like to cut them all pretty much across the board. There's some you could do do away with entirely, Department of Education, Department of Agriculture. You know, the idea that like, oh, we have this Department of Agriculture, and it's a bunch of government people who know farming really well, and they make farming work for America. It's just an absurd idea. Like, you know, I mean, I don't even know much about farming. It's not my field. But, uh, I can tell you right now, government, politicians in Washington, D.C. are not going to make our food better. And if you look at what's out there, you know, food is a perfect example. You know, we literally have obesity and death, actually, because the government is meddling in food. We have terribly unhealthy food because government has gotten involved. Um, And they should be out of it entirely. Let the people make their own decisions about agriculture and education and just about everything else. I'd like to cut them other than where they're protecting people for, for protecting their life, liberty, and property. You know, uh, th- those are the things that I like to have government for. Um, but other than that, pretty much nothing.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is the sole purpose of government, really life, liberty, property, anything beyond that is just, uh, interference, frankly. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I love that you're calling out AML KYC. That's sort of core to the administrative state of just tracking and tracing every financial transaction. Uh, very panopticon dystopian-ish. And it's like, why? why do we have that? It's totally crazy.
1: Yeah. And Uh that's a really new thing too. You know, early in my career, that wasn't the thing. I'm not that old, you know, but there's people in their twenties now. They don't, they think it's like this all the, all the time. Like this is how banking works or this is how finance works. They have to know your stuff. Well, they don't, they shouldn't. When I started my career, when I was in my early twenties, I was, I was a financial advisor and stockbroker, licensed broker, just like I am still to this day. And you, you, you could open an account. I could open an account over the phone with somebody and all i needed was their name and address i didn't even need their date of birth i didn't need their social i didn't need their id and they could say i want to buy microsoft stock i'll pay you in a week and they could pay me in a week and when they first instituted ID, that was the first time it was done. And the older brokers were like, "What are you talking about? What do you mean you need your ID to buy stocks?" It was as foreign to them as it would be saying you need an ID to buy a television now. Or I mean, you probably do. I mean, everybody wants an ID these days, and it's it's wrong. It's not their right. It's not the government's right. The government's supposed to serve us and protect us. It's not their right to be up in our business, you know, looking into what we're doing. You know that that's not that's not a legitimate role of them. And it's a relatively new thing that they fooled people into thinking is some sort of thing that's needed to make the economy work. And it actually hurts the economy of ton. So we should we should just entirely scrap that, let people do their own thing. And if people commit crimes, if they're doing human trafficking or something, then that's already a crime. The cops should chase that on its own, not, not using money laundering or chasing money as an excuse.
0: Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, and all of the it's sort of doubly bad in a way because not only do we have to use taxpayer money to pay for these administrative functions and functionaries, but they're also interfering with a free market process. So it's it's inhibiting wealth creation, it's inhibiting, you know, the rising tide, so to speak. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, it seems like, and I know you're you're a proponent of this as well, if we could just eliminate the monopoly on money right or let people choose whatever money they want that would at least force these administrative functions to sort of prove their value right you couldn't yes. just print money to keep growing these things that serve no one and hurt everyone
1: exactly it's accountability and and you hit hit the nail on the head these are the themes that i talk a lot about you know the fiat money system it's sort of triple evil you know one it it it, it the, the first level of evil is that it hurts the economy. It hurts people's savings. It it robs people of their money. It makes inflation and things like that. Second layer of evil is is that it's, um, you, you know, it has all of this administrative nonsense that has no accountability. And that leads to sort of this this third level, which, you know, I, I don't use the word evil lightly, but it, it is actually evil because it fuels stuff that we wouldn't pay for on our own. The things like you just alluded to you, we wouldn't voluntarily be bombing Afghanistan for 20 years. If, if everybody had to pay the bill if for 20 years, if all through, you know, you know, 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, you're like, oh man, here's my Afghanistan bill again another 30 grand a year and it, and that's what it is it's an enormous amount per household you'd be getting your afghanistan bill like ah oh. Thirty grand, huh? hasn't Hasn't Bin Laden been dead seven years, and he was in a different country? Is it really worth thirty grand now? And, and nobody would pay for it. Same if they were like, "Hey, you know, I need another seventy grand to keep somebody in a cage over a plant." Be like, "Wait a minute! You you still have people in jail. There's still people in jail for in places where weed was legal. You know, there's people that that are in there for, and there's people with like serving thirty year sentences for trafficking. I mean, that ain't worth nobody's money. I don't care how bad you hate weed." I can't imagine anybody who wants to pay a million dollars over the course of a prisoner's life to put them in a prison and keep them out of the system. So there's actual evils, you know, with the prison systems and bombings, you know, actual death, you know, uh, I don't use that word lightly, but fiat does lead to mass death, tens of thousands of lives. Uh, we can account to it in just the last couple of years uh, in 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 America, you know, more than that, if you count Iraq, you know, w- well over 100,000 people died.
0: Yeah, it's 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 truly... It's really brutal when you start to look at it that way. I I ran these numbers a long time ago and I don't recall exactly what it was, but I think the war on terror was somewhere in the neighborhood of two and a half trillion dollars, maybe. Yeah. And this was this was only through perhaps 2020. So this is maybe like 19 years of the war on terror. And it just so happened we had also printed almost exactly two and a half trillion dollars in that same time yep. period. So it's it's this obfuscation right where we're blowing people up on the other side of the planet, rather than sending a bill to each individual household where people would have the sticker shock of what do you mean? It's 30, 50, 60, 70, $80,000 to fund this war. I'm not paying that. Government can just print the money and then blame the price inflation on everyone else, right? Blame it on Putin, blame it on the greedy gas station owners, whatever it is. Um, and that lack of, I guess, traceability and transparency just really works in favor of this, um, of the unaccountability of this institution.
1: Yeah, they don't need to give a case for it. You know, in World War II, they had to sell war bonds. You look at the old literature; they were really trying to sell it hard. They don't need to sell this war now. They'll just do it because they don't—they don't need to, to convince you that it's a good idea. They can just have. The button be printed, and they print the the money. So the accountability part is removed. They used to have to make a pitch, and it's it, I, I find it astonishing that they had to they would hire war heroes. They would find the most charismatic war heroes, and they and and, and, and uh, models and actors and actresses. And they'd hire them to go around and convince people to support World War II. And these people would go and like, hey, listen, the Nazis are invading. And look, I'm telling you, Nazis are really bad. Here's why. Look what they did at Pearl Harbor. And they'd had to go and say, hey, dig down deep. And you got to buy these war bonds. We'll give you the money back. We're good for it. I mean, what a different sale. And for what a different cause. You know, I'm, 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 I'm pretty anti-government, but I am in favor of fighting Nazis. You know, World War II, one of the few roles of government that I want to see them do is protect, protect us against even worse governments, even worse statists. And so that was clearly a legitimate conflict. And even for that, they had to sell us on it. They had to come and convince the Americans they don't have that accountability now. So that's bad because they can just it incentivizes this bad uh system where they can just print it from thin air and, and it it's incentivized to grow. The, the the war machine wants more war. They want war in Ukraine, they want war in Afghanistan, they want they don't want these things to uh stop because it's it's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, it's 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 really. Quite the disaster, and you know as i've I've said a lot on the show it, government well specifically fiat funded government is the one organization in the world that is not accountable to to its p n l right which means mm-hmm. it's not accountable to the preferences of us, the citizens they don't care what we think because they can just print money and and do whatever they want, so uh intuitively, that's a really bad business for everyone else, yeah, um so on that line of Discussion, you have this plan to cut government spending. The three two one plan, I think is what you call it. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, um so that's like a tax cut plan. It would cut the first three hundred thousand dollars in in business income the first $200,000 in investment income, or I'm sorry, in in personal income, and then the first $100,000 in investment income. Uh, So if you make more than that, if you make millions, it would cut the first part. If you make anything less than that, you'd have zero taxes. And the cuts to pay for that, it has to be paid for by cuts, we've got to have a lot of cuts across the board. The cuts are actually pretty easy. This bill that they just passed two weeks ago would have covered it for an entire year. And the BlackRock bailouts alone would have covered it for almost another year. And if you just, you know, some of these drone bombings and other things like that, very easily, you could cover it for, you know, five years or something. You could you could say, hey, we're going to give a middle-class tax break. Everybody in the middle class, you start a business, now's the time to start a business. You have a side business, major business. Even if you make a million dollars on your business, the first 300000 is tax-free. Any side hustle or anything, tax-free. Anything under $200,000, tax free Any gains from your crypto or from your real estate tax free for the first 100,000. Um, and that just shows how much money is out there, how much, you know, how many cuts are available. I mean, they spend a lot of money. Uh, it's, it's crazy how much they're spending. And so I want to put more money in the I mean, I just to be clear, uh, ideally, I'd like to cut all the taxes. I, I don't want to have anybody, you know, pay any taxes. But this is something that especially when you contrast it to if you if you could put this in a one-pager to every single American, and you said, would you rather have the 87,000 IRS agents and this so-called green technology that they just passed two weeks ago, or would you have rather have one year where everybody in all these brackets Pay zero taxes. You know, everybody under under three hundred thousand business income, two hundred personal, or one hundred and or or all three of them. I mean, you could have a side hustle business doing two hundred thousand, make two hundred thousand dollars a year on your job, and make seventy five thousand dollars on your Bitcoin gains. Still, no taxes. Would you rather have that? And think about the economic growth that that would have. That would affect everybody in America. That would affect the whole middle class. That'd be a lot of money that people would be spending back into the economy. So. If you gave everybody in America that choice, I mean, I think overwhelmingly they choose this. And if you gave them the choice, would you rather give this to BlackRock or take, you know, ten months where no American in those—it's basically 90% Americans, no taxes for you, for for almost a year. I mean, that—that's what—that's how much money this is. If we put it in terms of taxes, it's like you have people working for—for for, I'd love to know what the BlackRock number comes out to. I mean, it's like basically everybody in America worked a couple of weeks out of their year to pay BlackRock. I mean, that's just—it's just crazy you know think about like your earnings i mean you work hard you're you're doing your 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 thing in a, in a in a hard field and everything it's like just just take a shave off a couple weeks of your earnings whatever whatever your tax bill was like oh yeah that that chunk went to blackrock and um so we need to give people the power you know put the money back in the hands of the people so um i think that's a nice plan it's a very simple plan that would help re- rebuild the middle class but it's got to start with cutting the spending you know the, the spending's just out of control and it, it, it's it's too bad but um we're gonna have to make some serious cuts it's just totally unsustainable unfortunately they might not do it they might just try like jubilee year and you know redo it and the, you know they could probably get away with this once more twice more maybe but then it's really 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 toast i considered it toast in 20 uh 2008 you know i was listening to peter schiff and others and i'm like oh this is this is, this is a joke, you know. $800 billion from thin air to give to Elizabeth Warren, Warren's cronies. Uh, but now we've got worse and worse. So they'll, they'll probably try this one more time and then they'll do like a debt forgiveness and say nobody has any debt and they'll come back. And uh, you know, that, that might be Bitcoin's time to shine. I mean, that, we could really see hyper-Bitcoinization in that. And that could, it could happen in a couple of years. I mean, the world's crazy right now.
0: Yeah, it's definitely crazy and um, on an accelerating path. So the, just so we're clear on that, the three, two, one plan. It's essentially zero tax on six hundred thousand dollars in income, but it's uh, in different buckets, right? Three hundred yeah. was personal income. I think you said two hundred uh, side hustle, uh, side hustle, and one hundred key investment income.
1: Yeah, three hundred in business, two hundred in income, one hundred in investment.
0: Got it business personal investment yeah
1: yeah i hadn't really thought about it but but yeah it it could be six. so you could have 600 total so if you're a couple you could have a million too. that that that, then you then it's because i've had some people criticize and say like what you know this is a penalization to the rich it's not it's definitely not because they get the cut too. if you make a million dollars you get your first you know in those buckets you get your first so it could be it could be i mean it could say if somebody's in like the highest bracket i mean it could end up saving them 90 grand or more you know something like that depending what they how much they pay in tax, even if they make millions
0: right uh, so,
1: so it would be a tax cut for everybody anybody who's paying taxes would pay less under this plan
0: love that and then i love uh too that you connected the dots there with people working like ex- people extending their working lives essentially to pay for these BlackRock bailouts or whatever they were because that is that's the crux here right is this printing of money is the stealing of time, right? You're stealing people's time, effort, energy, whatever you want to call it, and allocating it to other groups, right? Just completely arbitrarily. So maybe we could double click on that. What happened, what is the deal with this BlackRock thing? They got, I think you said $500 billion of taxpayer funds. This is a private investment organization. Yeah, what, they got five hundred the... billion
1: dollars, uh, and it was supposedly to like stabilize the markets, COVIDy whatever nonsense. And That's all nonsense, by the way. You know, I mean, I, th- I, know, I know you know that, but, and, and probably most of your listeners know that. Um, you know, there's nothing in some economic, you know, I have Adam Smith back here. There's nothing that's like, oh, if the flu gets really, really bad, print nine trillion dollars, and that will solve everything. You know, that's not a thing. It would they made a bad reaction, caused all kinds of untold economic damage by shutting down the economy, which has never really been done at, at this scale. And it's it, they and they try to hand wave like, oh, it was for health, you know, but it is very, very very bad because the market wasn't allowed to work. You know, what what you would have had is people adjusting. And what we saw at the very, very, very beginning of the pandemic uh, and the the hysteria and everything was a uh, rapidly uh, emerging free market. So you heard like, oh, people are paying $99 for a little bottle of hand sanitizer. Uh, Truck drivers are going to be paid $300 an hour to go into COVID zones. And that actually would have worked. Crazy thing happened. One. It it turned out really quickly. It wasn't as dangerous and deadly as people thought. So, you know, right now truckers do it for a regular price. They don't need three hundred dollars. Nobody's there is no COVID zone. It was it just wasn't as dangerous as they thought. Uh, But but much more unfortunately, the government just shut everything down and didn't allow that free market to emerge. And they had this weird artificial market. And they they really broke the economy. So now to try and fix it, they're doing what they do best, which is break things even worse by trying to print money from thin air. And that and that that won't really work. You know.
0: Yeah, it's such an important point. Um, I love trying to sum that up by saying that people follow incentives, not laws. So you need that profit motive, especially in times of disaster, to get supply and demand mismatches to clear, right? Oh, yeah.
1: It's it's, it's no they did exactly the opposite of what they should have done, and and you know people think this is radical, but it's really based on sound economic policies. You know they asked me at one of the other debates, what should we have done? How much should we have spent? What money should we have done re- regarding COVID? And I said nothing. And it's not a matter of my opinion on the illness and 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 you know what COVID nineteen is, because even if it's it was super 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 dangerous and deadly. 90% CFR, most deadly thing. I still would feel the same way because the market would adjust. If it was that deadly, the market would figure it out. And even if it is that deadly, people still need their own free will. If somebody's 99 years old and a doctor says, look, if you go to this birthday party, you will die. It's 100% sure COVID, you're going to get COVID and you're going to die 100%. I'm, a, I'm, I'm the best scientist in the world and I'm never wrong. Well, that's their right. They might say, yeah, you know what? I'm 99 years old and I want to go to my grandkids birthday and that's what I'm doing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's it's, just, it's never got just to be justify. their
1: individual, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So the meddling doesn't work, you know, you, it just doesn't work. Everybody should have their and you know, things like I respect other I come off. Um, you know, I'm, I know I, I'm not for everybody, you know, I turn off some people with some of my opinions, I speak bluntly, things like Ukraine, I know, I know they're controversial, I actually even push the controversial things out more. When I do the advertising on something like Ukraine, I push it to Democrats and Republicans on, on our ads. Uh, and I know it's controversial. Um, but my point is, and I try try and reach other people with this. I respect a lot of people who have different opinions. There's a lot of people, you know, Alex Gladstein, other people who have very different opinions than me on Ukraine, and I respect them. I just want to say let them have their own ability to do it and they they don't so so I don't want somebody to say well I'm I know so much about Ukraine that I think I could take Bruce's money Bruce doesn't agree with you on Ukraine and I'm probably never going to agree with anybody on any of that stuff but I support their right if they're really convinced if they're like hey look I did all the research I'm an expert on Ukraine I'm 100% positive Zelensky's our guy he's the next founding father of the world he's wonderful okay, good. Send them 10 grand then. Or or go pick up a gun. I mean, if you really believe it, go pick up a gun and fight, you know. And I don't say that facetiously because it it shouldn't be so flippant like, ah, yeah, you know, I'll just send the troops, just send those poor kids from America, let them go kill and die for Zelensky, just like we flippantly sent them off to Afghanistan and Iraq on other, you know, misguided military misadventures that cost a lot of lives and a lot of money. And we're doing the same thing now. So, but either way, I say, let, let everybody have their own choice. You know, we're not going to agree. Nobody's going to convince me to support Ukraine. So the most peaceful thing to do instead of trying to steal my money is just you, you do your thing, you support Ukraine and I'll don't. And if you want me to try and convince me, you know, convince if you convince me he's a great guy, maybe I'll send 10 grand too. But I just don't want anybody's money stolen, even if I'm convinced. Like, I love NASA. You know, I think NASA is cool, but I don't want to steal your money to pay for NASA just because I think it's cool. You know, I think train sets and comic books are cool, too, but I don't want to have a National Department of Comic Books.
0: <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, you, it's like it's strange that your perspectives here would be controversial because essentially you're advocating for individualism. And free choice and consensual exchange, right? All the things that America was founded upon. So it's, it, I think, if anything, it's a testament to how far, how far afield we've gone from the foundational principles of this country to whatever we are today. That the to advocate for the foundational principles is now controversial, it's very, very unusual. Um, yeah,
1: the, the desire of people to get into other people's lives is surprising. You know, I, I just think people should just mind their own business. It's really the only way to get along in a diverse country, especially now where half the country hates the other half and half the country doesn't believe that the other half knows what is true. We're not going to reconcile these things easier. People talk about a civil war or a national divorce. You don't need that. You just need to let everybody do their own thing. And I wish people were less in their own bubbles with the social media and whatever. You know, they got to get out and about much. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of Democrats who never talk to a Republican. There's a lot of Republicans who never talk to a Democrat, and um, and that's a shame. You know, we 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 people should respect. Uh, each other in our own culture, just as we would respect people in other cultures. I've I've traveled all over the world. I've met some crazy people who said some crazy, crazy things I can't even repeat, who I would never repeat on a podcast, especially as a candidate, you know, stuff that's just the most uh, offensive. Uh, I've heard it all because I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere and done everything. I've been to all kinds of countries. I've been to, you know, some of the poorest places in the world, poorest places in America. I've, I've been, you know, I've met Taliban. I've met extremists, I've, I mean, you name it, I've met racists, I've met all kinds of weirdos. And, you know, especially in certain circumstances, you're, you're like, you're, you could be a minority with your opinion, you're surrounded by people with horrible ideas. And all you can really do is just be like, all right, whatever you believe your crazy thing, I'm going to believe my thing. And it's, it's otherwise you end up fighting the world. I mean, if I fought every crazy person that I have met in my life, I'd be dead. Cause I've met thousands of them and some of them are nuts. You know, I've met, you know, like I said, I've met Taliban before. They're real, 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 real bad people, but you know, you got to just let people get along. Uh, even if you disagree with them, just let them, let them do their thing. As long as they're not hurting you. I mean, that yes. that is, I'm, I'm talking about beliefs only. I'm not talking right. about actions, obviously.
0: Yeah. This is, I mean, mind your own business is kind of the crux of it because ultimately, um, no, what, that minding your own business presupposes there's no coercion, right? It, it, right? You know, you do your thing. I'll do my thing. I'll see you in the marketplace. We'll see who wins. Um, so long as life, liberty, property is preserved, everything's good. Um, but clearly we don't, we, we've drifted from this mind your own business approach to socioeconomic reality, um, specifically with like politicians telling us what money is, for instance, mm-hmm. Um, or as you say, we really need to get the government out of the money business because it's not, it's not about protecting life, liberty, or property. People should be free to select whatever money they want to use, just like they can select whatever television or laptop or any other, any other technology that they want to use. So I know you're an advocate for the separation of money and state. How do you intend on taking that dialogue into the sphere of the Senate?
1: I think the, the, the answer is probably the same way that I talk to people about Bitcoin. A lot of people ask me, you know, what, what do you say about Bitcoin? How do you educate people about Bitcoin? And I always start with what is money first? Because that's to me way, way more important. There's a lot of cool things about the technology and stuff about Bitcoin, but I consider those sort of like chapter two, you know, chapter one is like, what is money and and you know why do we care about it what makes good money good money and and then i you know so i talk about the properties of money and particularly the limited supply i think that's probably one of the most important features and a differentiator between bitcoin and fiat and the fact that bitcoin's limited to 21 million and fiat is sort of unlimited forever that's a big deal and then there's the other properties you know how how you know how scarce it is is one but also how portable how durable uh, how widely accepted Uh, how divisible, you know, these are things that are good properties of money. And I tell people, you know, you can Google properties of money. I first heard of it from Charlie Lee, like, uh, you know, like probably first speech I ever heard, I think it might've been announcing Litecoin or like right after Litecoin or something like that. And he was talking about that. And he just kind of mentioned like, oh yeah, these properties of money have been around for a long, long time, long before Bitcoin. And, um, so the, you know, the properties make sense and Bitcoin stacks up quite well and fiat stacks up quite poorly. This idea that you can just print something from thin air. And it's a very good fundamental question to start with. You know, what is money? Is it a thing that politicians can just print? Because what you said is perfect. We decide what money is. Why would we decide a thing that they just say is money?
0: Right. If
1: you really think about it, if you zoom out a little bit, it's like, well, that, that's very, very similar to an ICO with a pre-mine, like a, like a, mm-hmm. like a, like a pre-mined, you, you know like a like a low grade, uh, 2017 uh, vintage ICO. You know like hey here's a thing. We, me and my buddies get a bunch of it. and We're selling it to the to the public right now. Um, it, and I'm always been you know kind of uh, like like uh, more friendly to these kind of projects. I just I just I don't I don't usually use the word scam. I say very bad economics. So something like that. I just consider it very bad economics. Um, and I'm still for it. You know, I'm in favor of everybody being able to sell anything, even junk, even, you know, scams, if they tell the truth, if they, if they say, hey, this is where the money's going. Um, and there's been a couple couple like that. I mean, there's a couple projects that were like br- br- blatantly brazen. Like, yes, we are going to take this pre-mine and the founders get it and it goes into their pocket. It's like, okay. I mean, they're not lying. You know, I'm right. going to buy a Lambo. Here's the Lambo I bought. Like, all right, you know, I, I wouldn't do it but i'm all in favor of everybody of everybody else doing it but the but the but the dollar is is very very similar it's the same kind of scammy behavior very very low quality economics and people should have the choice they should say you know i'm going to choose the dollar or i'm going to choose x or i'm going to choose some erc20 token or you know whatever thing they want you know whatever crazy thing they want to do um, that's that's their their problem. But now you have people actually looking and saying, you know, what what is the reality in 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 the world? And there are real principles of this and properties and and the, you know these these junky coins like the dollar, they just don't stack up. Um, so I would start with that, and then you know the crazy thing is, if I get down there, I think that we're going to face such dire economic times over the next six years that. Um, Anything is possible. I mean, we may have no choice. You know, I joke that even Elizabeth Warren may end up voting with me. But that's, unfortunately, I think a possibility because I think things are going get, to get so bad that they're going to have no choice. I mean, we could be in a situation in a couple of years where everything is just completely falling apart. And and then, you know, we have to make radical cuts and change things around, you know. All it takes is, you know, I mean, things go this way until they don't. I mean, you could have one major bill, you know, in 2027 or something that's like, okay, this bill eliminates these 30 departments and stops the Fed from printing money. And the US dollar is now one of several currencies, including Bitcoin that we use. You could have one bill that does that. I mean, they've done, there's been crazy bills in history many, many, many times. And it tends to happen exactly times like this, when the world gets crazy and the whole, everything falls apart, um, you know, so who knows what can happen, but anything is possible.
0: Yeah, it's it's exciting as exciting as it is terrifying almost because the the spectrum of possibilities is just wide open now um and i love that you know you're to the properties of money because that obviously is the namesake of the show here and i think once you grasp the properties of good money you understand why gold became money you understand why bitcoin is an order or orders of magnitude better and that's the light bulb moment um and this, this idea of printing money, it's almost like a perpetual pre-mine, right? That they can just yes. pre-mine again. Every time you engage in quantitative easing, you're just undercutting all the dollar holders one more time, right? To fund BlackRock or whoever else is close to the, to the fiat spigot. Now, I'd like to tell you about a great new Bitcoin show on the scene that you've got to check out. Brought to you by Swan Studios and Bitcoin Magazine, this show is Hard Money with Natalie Brunel. Natalie is an Emmy-nominated journalist, bringing unparalleled experience to the Bitcoin media scene. And personally, Natalie is one of my favorite voices in the Bitcoin space. Each week on Hard Money, you'll get the top headlines of the week with analysis you won't find anywhere else. Hard-hitting interviews with amazing guests like myself and other top minds in the Bitcoin space. And the show will take you directly into the lives being changed by Bitcoin all over the world. Check out hard money at swan.com backslash hard money. Today, I want to tell you about our sponsor crowd health. So how does health insurance work? You send an egregious amount of money to an insurance company. They hold it in a pool of depreciating fiat currency. Then when you have a large health event, you have to pay them even more via your deductible, and then you hope they will cover your bill. And in fact, one in six bills are denied by healthcare.gov plans. It's time to take control of your own healthcare bills. I'd like to introduce you to CrowdHealth. It's a decentralization of healthcare, using Bitcoin as an alternative to health insurance. Instead of sending fiat currency to a big corporation, you send that money to an account controlled by you, a portion of which is converted into Bitcoin. Then if you have a big health event, you have a community of bitcoiners that will use the money in their accounts to help you out. To get more details, go to joincrowdhealthcom breedlove where you can find the promo code for $99 a month for 6 months. So this is something I'm really interested into on your platform. You say you want to shrink government and embrace the constitution. Again, this was foundational to the United States, right? Small, decentralized government, um, constitution. uh, The principles of the constitution, let's say, are almost sacred, almost sacrosanct to the foundation of this country. Can you elaborate on that pathway? How do we get back to smaller government and one that embraces the principles of the constitution?
1: Yeah, I see the constitution as... I mean, it 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 sounds a cliche, but it it really is just the foundation of our of our country. And I and I see what's what's so important about it is the Bill of Rights. You know, because that limits government power. It's not a, something that gives us rights or says a law here's a thing we can do. It's this thing that says here's the government can't do. Government shall not do this. Government shall not infringe these rights. And I I view that from my studying of history and the founding fathers and the people that wrote it and what was going on and just. Thinking about humanity and morality and the proper use of force and everything, I I see that document and the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights as very much a leave me alone kind of thing that respects what to me is a very New Hampshire value, very American value, rugged individualism. Leave me alone. I'm doing my own thing. I got my farm here. Leave me alone. if, If I want to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. If I don't want to wear a mask, I won't wear a mask. You know that that kind of attitude to me is very American, and I think is is you know, protected in the in the Constitution. Um, And, you know, this idea that the founders had of, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, very much like what you said, you know, the proper role of government, the free state motto is, is that uh, we want to pursue the maximum role of government being protection of life, liberty and property. So to me, that's what the Constitution is about just keeping government out of these things. and it's it's crept the other way now. You have a lot of government involvement in speech, for example. You know, the government does, shouldn't be telling people what's true. Misinformation should be allowed. It has to be allowed in a free society. And the worst thing you want is the government to be the one who says what's true or not, because then you could have a bad person. And some people feel it already is a bad person, but you could have a bad person. All you are, at best, is one bad person away from the truth being distorted. You know, if, if you love Fauci um, and you think he's brilliant, well, you still shouldn't be in favor of somebody having that kind of power because then Fauci, Fauci could get replaced, Trump could win and replace him with his own Fauci, and you may not like that person. I wouldn't like either of them. I don't want Trump to have the power. I don't want Rand Paul or Ron Paul or my favorite person to have that power. Um, we, you know, the only, I want the individual to have the power. So that's what we need. We need to get it back to the individual's you know, give them that more power. And I, I think that's, I, to me, that's what the Constitution is all about, you know, leave you alone, you can say what you want, you can carry a gun with you want, you can't have troops come in your home, you know, you, you can't have government seize your papers. You know, these are the, you know, that's the first four amendments right there, you know, you, you, you keeping the government out of your business is, is, is the theme.
0: Yeah, it's such a, I mean, that's freedom of speech in particular, right, gives us at least the opportunity to figure out what's going on, right? To speak freely is how we, we engage in this dialogical process to find the truth, right? The truth must always be discovered. If you take that away and give some individual or institution the authority to be the truth setter, obviously things go awry, right? There's no one or no thing that knows all things or can, or can know the future. So yeah, very self-defeating, it, it undermines self-organization right? Which we observe throughout nature, right? Animals kind of left to their own devices or humans, we, we organize ourselves. We don't need dictate or fiat, um, to do that. So you've also mentioned, uh, the implementation of a universal basic tax cut for the middle class. Uh, I take it, this has probably been something popular on your platform. Um, could you, Elaborate on what that looks like. Is that just the three? Are we just back to the three, two, one plan? Yeah, I mean, that's that's
1: another name for it. You know, it's the same kind of thing. You know, and I like it because it contrasts with Yang's thing. I think is a terrible idea. You know, the idea that you just take money from thin air, and I mean, I can't believe it took off. Really, it's like I know what we'll do. We'll just give everybody money for free. It's something that like a child would come up with. But, but, but I, you know, obviously my, my name is a play on those words. It sounds similar and it, and it really should be, we should have a universal base. We should be universal and it should be basic and it should be a tax cut, cut it across the board. I'd be in favor of any similar plan, you know, a flat tax, you know, deduction for everybody, whatever. But this one, you know, three, two, one is something that it really is built from middle class up, you know, ground up and really would have a real impact. Uh, But I'm in favor, like Milton Friedman said, I'm in favor of any tax cut anytime for any reason to anybody.
0: Yeah, if you don't like theft, then you probably don't like taxation at all, right? And then exactly, just to hammer this point home, even when we say money from thin air, it's not actually coming from thin air, right? It's coming at the expense of people saving in dollars, for instance. So it's being extracted from people. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that Maybe the success of Yang's platform was an indication of the general ignorance of money, right that you yeah. can just add a bunch of zeros to your bank account or whatever it is and everything will be hunky-dory. That's mm-hmm. not how the world works. Um, and back to life, liberty, and property, you're actually undermining the property of savers when you do that. Yes. So it's it's antithetical to the purpose of government in the first place. Yeah. Um, and you're,
1: and you're messing with the very fundamental foundation of the stuff. That's money itself. You're breaking right. the money. You're actually, br- you're making this thing that was valuable, less valuable. We all have, where is it? I have my trillion dollars. Everybody has a trillion dollars on their, you know, Zimbabwe money. Zimbabwe Everybody knows. in our industry yeah. has one kicking around. I had one on one on my desk earlier. Um, but they, they can't you, that's the proof that the politicians can't just make money. They can't, it's not real money and if if this ha- if this was faster i'm sure when we zoom out the history books it'll be very very clear it'll just be an obvious collapse what, you know once we stopped making it real money um, and and you know nobody would look at this objectively if, Lee, if we went you know took aliens from outer space and brought them here or you took a bunch of uh, you know really really smart kids and somehow isolated them from the world they didn't know what money was and you you know a couple bunch of college kids and you said okay here's the euro here's the dollar here's bitcoin here's this here's the yap island stones um and you gave them all the stats nobody would pick the the, the dollar and, and fiat it's just a it's a silly plan you know it, it's it might have sounded good like a hundred years ago but if the plan is like oh i know what we'll do. we'll have i mean imagine if imagine if i was coming out with a new coin like imagine no like for, for legit for real can you imagine if i'm on your your program right here and i'm like yeah i've got a new coin what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna have people in an office and we're gonna decide how much can you imagine Imagine the hate I would get like everybody in the world would like, I would destroy my name. It would be like, you're a total scammer. It would be like, it'd probably be illegal. I mean, that's how bad the dollar is. If you just copied the dollar, like, oh yeah, my, my friends are going to meet once a quarter and we're going to decide how much there is. And we're going to give some to the holders. And then we're going to give some to our friends. I mean, nobody would fall for this. So it's bad money. They've broken the money. And I mean, I don't know about inadvertently, maybe some of them meant to, or knew it would happen. doesn't matter. It's broken. It's just not good money anymore. And it's such a different mindset, you know, not that long ago, some matter of decades ago, people were saving and, and like cash was king. I mean, if you look at the Forbes list, even in the 90s, there was billionaires who were like, yeah, that, he's a billionaire and he has $5 billion in cash or $2 billion. That was like a big status symbol. Nobody wants cash now. I mean, you and I know a lot of wealthy people. Like it, there's nobody who's like, oh yeah, I've got uh, I got 2.4 million in my checking account. Like that's not a, you'd be like, why? Why would you do that? You know, nobody does that so the money is is broken and we all know it and it's just it's just falling apart right now so um i think it's inevitable i mean i mean i as crazy as it and it's funny and you know, obviously i love bitcoin but it's it's such a dumb idea it's like everything's dumber though it's like this crazy geek money is actually going to work because everything else is so stupid it's like bitcoin is kind of a crazy idea i love it but you know i'm you know i'm not a standard person but uh you know you contrast it with this scam that they've got in fiat it's like my goodness this geek money might actually work cuz it clearly is better than the nonsense that the that the world is pushing on us so i think it's exciting we could have hyper bitcoinization
0: yeah well i mean you're hitting the nail on the head if you tried to pitch a shitcoin that has one node right <laughs> an sql database at the fed we don't know how many dollars are in circulation. We don't know how many yeah. dollars will be in circulation. <laughs> we don't know who's gonna decide. We don't know the criteria for deciding. The meetings are the best. We're not <laughs> and gonna we have a tell big you. meeting. Yeah. It's very important.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, and we make uh, an announcement about the meeting three weeks ahead. All the press covers our meeting. It's a very big meeting, Robert. Don't you understand?
0: Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's so asinine. It's in a marble and, uh, building. <laughs> and and to see the <laughs> to see the analyst pouring over like the body language and the attire (laughs) of of central bankers it's just it's a total clown show um and yeah that's why i guess bitcoin it's almost like bitcoin just has to work because everything else is bullshit essentially right everything else is a shit coin you could say gold is maybe Mm -hmm. not a shit coin in some physical way but it's not practical to use everything else is very much a shit coin relative to bitcoin
1: yeah yeah, they, I I wouldn't say shit. Chit coins like gold. I think gold is it, it's just it's just very inferior. And there's a lot of other things. I mean, you could have silver coins and copper coins. I mean, there's things that have non-zero value, but nothing's close to 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 Bitcoin. It's certainty in an uncertain world. The meeting exactly. aspect is the funniest thing. And the and what you said about the analysts pouring over. You know, I remember when early in my career, Alan Greenspan was the Fed chair and they there, they they were, he had a girlfriend and they were, they were speculating like, Oh, what does it mean? He has a girlfriend. Is he going to be in a better mood? It's like, are you kidding me? Like, that's how you decide now the money is. And there's all these articles about, you know, what, what it means. And, and he caught a cold, like literally caught a cold and people were worried. And the markets were like, Oh no, Alan Greenspan's caught a cold. Like as, as if, you know, and, and it's not like he's going to die, but even if he did die, it's like, well, no, I mean, no offense, but why should that affect the markets that much? You know, markets about people, and one thing I love about Bitcoin conferences, people are talking about ideas, not people. And I, it was very interesting because I went to a lot of Bitcoin conferences, and then I ended up going to one like a more of a business conference, and it was a real shock because I went in there and everybody's like, "Oh, this is the chief of staff of so and so, and this person knows the such and such." I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I, I remember this world," you know, like no thank you. I like going to the Bitcoin conference. People are talking about Taproot, you know, all kinds of different different technologies and you know stuff like that. But, but the, you know, the the idea that that people should be this important important is something that we've all got to know is wrong and especially generationally i mean gen z is not fallen for this you know they're they're just not going to fall for it. There's no way that anybody in Gen Z who's sitting around trading assets on their phone and they 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 deal with digital assets and their their online games and they own a little bit of Bitcoin and they know some people who've made money on Bitcoin. They do some trading. They're not going to go into a world and be like, yes, I really want people in a marble office in Washington D.C. to decide what money is. It's just it's just not going to work. So I think it's inevitable. It's 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 going to come uh you know falling apart. But but Bitcoin is it it's its time is here because it, it's certainty in this uncertain world it's every 10 minutes we know what's true and we don't know anything what's true i don't know what's true they always ask me about things like the election and stuff i I don't know i wish i knew i I wish i had the the resources to really really i'm not going to trust cnn and i'm not going to trust fox and i'm not going to trust the people who say it was stolen and i'm not going to trust the people who say it wasn't stolen and i don't frankly have the time or have anybody that i really trust so much certainly not mainstream news or anybody else um and Bitcoin is one of the few things that I can trust. I I also don't know the truth about Ukraine. I don't I don't know about about all of these topics. It's impossible for us to have truth. I caution anybody who thinks that they know because there's a lot of people who think they know about health and truth and Ukraine and every other topic. Um, but you know, one thing we do know for sure, and nobody argues. Uh, Isn't it fascinating? Zero people argue. There's not a single hater of any credibility ever who's like, no, there really isn't 21 million coins. No, it it doesn't have 10-minute blocks. Or no, really, somebody is in charge. You know, there's there's just no... uh, None of those arguments work. You know, right. we, we know for sure whether you like it or not, you think it's a dumb idea or not. We know for sure Bitcoin is certain. And I can depend in this crazy, chaotic, crazy world of nonsense. I can depend on my node saying what's true every 10 minutes. And I get a little sigh of relief with that. I'm like, oh, oh at least I got my geek money here, my geek widgets that I can trade with Robert and some other geeks, no matter what happens. <laughs>
0: Dude, I mean... Even in almost like a metaphysical sense to just have a relationship with truth yeah. is of paramount importance right now when the world is just awash and bullshit. Um, and yeah, I you know the idea, the greenspan vignette you shared, the idea of one guy's selection of a girlfriend affecting his mood, affecting monetary <laughs> policy for four billion dollar users worldwide. That is insane. I mean, history is going to laugh at us having gone through this, uh, I think, at least. So, um, okay, another really kind of hot button topic recently is the idea of censorship, you know, digital censorship in particular, digital deplatforming. I think maybe even you had some of your debates deplatformed off of TikTok at some point. I'm not sure if that was reinstated or not. As senator, how do you plan on dealing with the issue of digital censorship and deplatforming?
1: Yeah, I mean, one one thing I always try and make clear is that uh, I'm not in favor of the government being the solution. You know, I'm a victim of censorship sometimes. I've had some things. It's it's kind of gray area, you know, one the YouTube one they said it was a mistake, that the the TikTok they said it was a mistake and then put it back up, but the fact that it happens is is not is not good. Uh, and there is certainly seems to be a political bias with a lot of these things, but but you know a lot of it comes from. I get a pass actually as a candidate because they know it's really bad. But like I got flagged because the, you know the, the, in the debate the the newscaster asked us about COVID policy, so I say COVID policy, and then they're like, oh no, you're not allowed to talk about that on social media. You know that's not right. You have to be able to discuss it in a in a I mean in a political setting. There was another one where I was criticizing my opponent on uh, COVID policies, and they flagged it for bullying. They're like, "This is bullying. You're, you're not supposed to bully people." I'm like, "It's a, it's a, it's a United States Senate debate for the United States Senate. <laughs> you know, it's an official televised debate held by a university. Like, it, there was no commentary of it. wasn't that you know. I mean, you can watch the clips. People judge for themselves. So there is a problem with the with the censorship. But to be clear, I I always say. Uh, these are private organizations, and they should be allowed to do what they want, even if I think it 's a stupid decision. I think it's a bad decision. I think free speech is good, I think it 's bad for their ratings and it 's bad for truth it 's bad for America. You know We only find what 's true by debating you know we don't we don't know what 's true unless we have an argument uh, everybody anything you you know is true. you must have had an argument i 'd like to go back and find my early bitcoin arguments I'm, I'm sure at some point I must have I must have argued with somebody that it could get hacked. I, I, mu- I kind of remember vaguely those arguments. I'd love to have videos, you know, cause you gotta, hey, oh, you know, cause I remember early on, I was like, of course it can be hacked. And that, and some people were like, no, it can't be hacked. I'm like, come on, I'm not a computer science, but that just, uh, that sounds like BS to me, to be honest, like real early in Bitcoin when I didn't understand you know, I didn't understand. It's a distributed network, and and that that kind of thing. Right. So you you know that. But what a great way to arrive at truth, because you go back and forth, and there's a lot of wonderful good arguments. You, somebody will convince. Like if I had that argument with somebody now, and they're like, "No, Bitcoin can be hacked. The developer, you know, Vladimir can hack Bitcoin and give himself a million coins." I could explain that. think any, any good Bitcoiner could explain why that's not true. That's just factually not true, and we could. You know, given anywhere between five minutes and an hour, depending how stubborn somebody is, we could we could provably show them that that that's just not it's just not a thing. Um, and and so it's good, you know, it's good to have debate. We should have that about the election, about COVID, about COVID policies, about um, Ukraine, about everything. And it's very very dangerous when government gets into the into the business of saying what's true. So here's what I would stop, though. I wouldn't have any government regulation that says TikTok must allow Bruce Fenton to speak, or YouTube can't censor Bruce Bruce Fenton. I personally criticize YouTube. Uh, But I wouldn't want a government doing that. But what I do want, I don't want government involved with speech at all. I don't want the CDC going to YouTube and saying this is true, or this is misinformation. Nothing should be considered misinformation. You can't have government be the arbiter of that. Because otherwise, (laughs) what if, suppose suppose they didn't steal the election, but they did want to later. Well, and all they need to do is have a playbook and say, okay, we stole the election. And anybody who says otherwise is misinformation. I mean, you can't you, you you know, you got to think in terms, What one thing I think is great in our industry is we think in terms of workable systems. Like, would this work? How right. would this be corrupted? You know, when we look at tech stuff, and especially this is what I love about like John Newberry and like the high-end Bitcoin developer, like the active real Bitcoin developers and like NYC bit devs and stuff like that. They're talking about these, you know, super minute like attack vector stuff. Like if, 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 then it could be attacked. And in politics and in the regular world, there is no if, they're just like, ah, you know sure what what could possibly go wrong having a scientist in charge of the whole world and being able to shut down a million businesses because he thinks he should what could go wrong with that you know bitcoiners would never go for that we'd be like wait a minute that's that's not a good system you need checks and balances what if this comes becomes corrupted what what about something where we eliminate the person entirely and have it running based on rules of math and code you know that's the way of the future i think i think there's 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 something from the decentralized world, the world of distributed ledgers, the world of open source, that I hope that the world can adopt. and, And I hope we can move forward as people being more cypherpunk more open source, more, you know, putting the power with the people. If there was a way for me to run for office as like an anonymous cypherpunk person, just, you know, wearing my t-shirts and nobody even knows my name, I I would do that. Uh, Politics is kind of like low end. It's like drags me down back into the old world of like, you know, ego and people and self-promotion and stuff like that. But I'd like to see systems like Bitcoin where we just build to make all that irrelevant. You know, hopefully if I win, I could be one of the um, people that decrease decreases power of the office. You know, you call me by my first name and, you know, not, not take very many meetings, just kind of got to get through it and vote no on everything, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that's excellent stuff. I, I, you know, the adversarial thinking that's inherent to the Bitcoin culture is just so key, as you said, to workable systems, obviously. I mean, if you're going to design something, you can't, what, are the, what you know, hope it important, but it's not a good strategy. You know, you need to think right. through all of the, the possible attack points and secure against them, right. Or design around them at best. And Fiat just had, I mean, there's no integrity there. It's just someone kind of imposing an opinion on others. And then those others have to figure out what's best for them. Um, it just, it's not sustainable. And I think you can not only deduce that logically, but you could also observe it historically. Like, you know, fiat currencies always fail. You pass a law and you create counter, uh, you can't, you create results counter to the intention of the law. Like it just, it's not a workable mode of organizing human beings so far as I can tell. Um. So, okay, last, let's, maybe we can wrap it up on this. A little bit of a tangent. You had this video that went viral where you're explaining DeFi, it's quite hilarious. <laughs> um, the DeFi being decentralized finance, obviously, could you just maybe articulate a little bit about that video and how, uh, your experience of it going viral and and what that was all about?
1: It was just kind of funny. I, uh, I I said, I said, let me explain DeFi. And I I started out real serious. And then I, and then I ended up throwing a piece of cake and lighting the paper on fire. (laughs) To me, that's kind of, kind of summed up DeFi. Well, you know, it's, um, it's sort of a crazy thing that that doesn't really make sense and a lot of like the beginning of my video talking about staking i really put a lot of effort into it uh or i wouldn't say a lot of it, well i don't know relative I, I mean i yeah i did i put a lot of effort into it and never really got you know a lot of this stuff just never made sense um and maybe it became, because i came from a trading background or something came you know i came from kind of a wall street background so to me um I just looked at a lot of these instruments like, well, of course, if you have these weird artificial debt things and it's all based on oracles and stuff, there's just so many flaws with that, you know, like emulating stocks, for example, you know, I come from the stock market and this, if so, so so, simple example, if you said, okay, I'm going to make a token that represents Tesla stock. Well, for one thing, it's a hundred percent of security in the U S so you have a bunch of regulatory, but suppose you solve that. Well, how are you going to know that that's really representing Tesla stock, like you're going to use an Oracle, right? Well, that that, that just, that's that immediately doesn't work because it, it works until it doesn't. Any idiot can copy the newspaper or copy what the price feed says and have it, you know, w- the price match it until it doesn't, you know, it, it works until it's just a fake thing. That's copying an, an, an Oracle or a feed until it doesn't, you know, and, and then what, what happens even with real stocks, like AMC and GME, you have short squeezes and stuff like that. So suppose this fake Tesla token worked, and you could emulate Tesla stock, um, which I think would be cool, by the way, you know, I like stocks, and I I like the idea of stock trading with Bitcoin that could make it easier to to settle in Bitcoin. But what happens if there's tons and tons of volume? What happens if that token's so successful it ends up with more volume than the real Tesla? What if the real hedge funds start getting in? There's going to be arbitrage and stuff like that. At some point, somebody's going to squeeze this fake, it's a fake instrument. It's not the real stock. At some point, somebody's going to squeeze that. And if it's a big enough thing, like if suppose that became a, a five billion dollar token, you know, you, you know, like mini tether, it was re- representing Tesla stock, Tesla's big enough that it could it could sustain that in our industry, probably. Um, and and then somebody would just squeeze it and 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 like literally everybody will lose all their money because it's not a real it's not a real thing, it's not backed by the, the 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 real thing, and that's maybe even a better example than some of the DeFi stuff because some of them they were, <laughs> there wasn't even a Tesla behind it. It was just like another token of a token of a token and whatever. And I'm really friendly to experimentation, and I'm I'm quite friendly to. Stupid ideas. I I think it's it's okay as long as you say they're stupid. Um, I'm I'm against a lot of the economic incentives. I think it's just stupid. Like nobody should make thirty million dollars because they launched a token. Like it's just like especially like exit it. Like oh, I made a token a year ago and now I have thirty million. That that's not unless you've the only way you should make thirty million is if you've added like way more than that to your shareholders. Like oh, I invented a new iPhone and I made a billion and my shareholders made. 300 million, and I made 30, you know, that's a much more fair incentive. These tokens, you know, the economic incentives, but I'm all for experimentation. If they're honest, you know, if they say, look, I'm <laughs> taking, the- I wouldn't invest in it. But, you know, if they're honest, I'd say pay- I'm paying myself <laughs> $8 million for 12 weeks work, <laughs> because I'm forking <laughs> Ethereum's code or whatever. All right. Like, I mean, I think it's really stupid. Um, and a lot of the a lot of the marketing is quite scammy, but I, you know I'm all for everybody's ability to to you know to to try these things, but, but having said that I just couldn't find a I wanted to like it I wanted to because I'm interested in the stock market I wanted to figure out if there was a way to make have DeFi make the stock market work better, and there's some potential things I mean there's some neat stuff with uh, I don't want to like. I don't sound like I'm I'm promoting these things because again you know most of the tokens are terrible you know the 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 incentives are, are horribly lined but I like the idea of like decentralized governance and stuff like that Nick Sabo has talked about like it's smart contracts certainly anything with the stock market stock market's a multi-deca-trillion-dollar industry so I see potential for DeFi maybe being you know just ways to make Bitcoin work better you know Bitcoin will have to work with more digital assets and more stuff so I, I think the stock market will probably be modernized. Um, you know, I hope that out of all these many, many, many experiments, we get some good stuff. But so far, it's been more like my video. Some unfortunately, and I don't mean to make light of people losing money, but I mean, some of these are really, you know, just bad ideas and people lost a lot of money. And I, you know, I'm kind of surprised that so many smart people got taken for it. Just yeah. a few weeks before this Luna meltdown, I had, uh, you know, pretty smart person in the space kind of telling me how stupid I was. Like, you know, you really missed out. You don't, you're not getting it bruised. You're, you're hanging with the dusty old Bitcoin grandfathers who don't, who don't get it, you know? And, and they were talking about their NFT portfolio too, which is, this is a really funny one. It's a quick aside. Like, I should have been like the the NFT king or something because I love art, and I love the idea. I actually wrote about NFTs almost five years ago in terms of art and I never ever got into it because like the, the I was it, it happened like this fast. I was like, oh, that's cool, that's kind of neat. And I had some friends, I, some people were gonna get me to invest in a couple of their uh, deals and I, I thought it was kind of neat because I liked the idea of art and, and digital but I didn't quite get it. And then one second later, there's like digitally generated things of art that are that are going for 900 grand or 300 grand. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know, like, I'm an art fan. I I have a I have a Jack Kirby original, like anybody in comic books would know that that's like, I, I didn't pay anywhere close to that for that, you know, so it's like you could have Jack Kirby, like a legendary comic book person, you could get an original art from him for 20 grand or something like that. And then you have these things that are generated by a computer going for 300 it just didn't make any sense at all. So, That's an area where it's like, I I like the concept. I think it would be cool. I wish that you could see, you know, some, you know, some, I, I hope that out of the thousands and thousands of projects, I hope there's some cool stuff that comes out of it. But unfortunately, you know, when I see something like these, you know, really, really high, Values, I just don't see how you, I believe in digital collectibles, but I just, it's just absolutely insane, you know, six figures for some of these things. It's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's it's an unfortunate thing, but Hey, you know what, I view it like the wild west, you know, let everybody do their crazy stuff. If people get joy and enjoyment from it, or they, like it or whatever go for it you know and maybe we'll all learn something it might be a lot of learnings like what not to do like luna right. you know but but we can have we can still have learnings and that benefits all of open source you know and, and i think it helps the bitcoin's ecosystem overall
0: yeah i agree and that you know the i guess the magic of decentralization is you know to use the zabo term trust minimization and like you said, you you can't have that in finance because you have the Oracle problem, right? We haven't solved the Oracle problem, which means you need to trust a third party, right? Which is the Oracle or yep. whatever that data source is. And so in that way, DeFi is kind of an oxymoron. Like it just doesn't, it can't really work, right? There's always gonna be a centralized component to DeFi or yeah, some information asymmetry. So I think you're, I mean, the video you did is just hilarious and did a great job of, Highlighting the dumpster fire <laughs> that is DeFi. <laughs> um, Bruce, man, I've I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, you know, as a Bitcoiner, I hope to be able to throw my sor- support behind you in whatever way I can as uh, someone running for Senate. So if there's anything ever I can ever do to help you out, please let me know. And uh, if you could and you wouldn't mind, uh, please let my audience know where they could find out more about you or your work.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks so much. This is a real pleasure. I'm a big fan, of course, and uh, great to be here. So yeah, my website is brucefenton.com, F-E-N-T-O-N. That's also my Twitter handle and my YouTube and TikTok and LinkedIn and everything else. But I'm pretty active on Twitter, like most people in crypto Twitter, or I guess it's now Senate Twitter, <laughs> New Hampshire Senate Twitter. Um, and uh you know, I, I, I do a lot of videos and stuff like that. So, you know, anybody who shares my content is especially uh, useful right now, because the primary is in a couple of weeks, it's just three weeks, you know, September 13th, And if I win this, I have a very good chance of winning the, the general. So all support is welcome. Anybody who knows anybody in New Hampshire, get them out there to vote. And, uh, you know, I do take donations as well. That goes right into educating the public about this kind of stuff, sharing my videos, that kind of thing. And uh, all support is appreciated.
0: Awesome. We will link to that in the show notes. And thank you again, Bruce. This is awesome. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Have a good one. You too.